Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hi, I'm Susan from Safeway. Are you ready for a road trip? You can save on gas by shopping at Safeway. It's easy. Shop at Safeway and earn gas reward points. Then save up to 20 cents per gallon at participating Chevron or Texaco stations or up to $1 per gallon at Safeway stations. That's right, up to $1 per gallon at Safeway stations just for shopping with us. Redeem your rewards at participating Chevron, Texaco, and Safeway gas stations. Limited to 25 gallons in a single fill of other restrictions and exclusions apply. Visit store or Safeway.com for details. This is Susan from Safeway, and we'll see you soon. Jokic behind his back. What it tastes like, Jokic. your sitter. Wow. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Pundit Show. I am Zach Bikosh, DenverSips.com. It is 4 p.m. Saturday afternoon. You are listening to Nothing But Net Radio on the Dash Radio Network. <sighs> this is, this is, I was hoping we weren't going to be doing this show for, for at least a couple, couple more weeks, but it is. I wanted to wait. It's, that's right. We we all wanted at least at least to, until we got beat by the Warriors in like five games. But um, it <laughs> is the post mortem pickaxe pundits for the Denver Nuggets. They are of course eliminated by the Minnesota Timberwolves. So that is it's going to be a, a depressing show. I had to bring on the most uplifting guy I know, and that's Gordon Gross in Colorado Springs. Gordon, what's you don't up? know how to get plenty guys. Is what I'm telling you. Like that's. <laughs> We gotta we gotta widen your your experiences here, my friend. Oh, that's true. That's true. I should have had Mike Olson on. He would have been very. Uh... Mike is way better at this than me. Also, the dulcet tones would soothe yes. your your jangled nerves, yes, man. There you go. There you go. But no, it's uh, it's gonna be just me, me and Gordon on this one. We're gonna we're gonna get through an hour's worth of. Oh, just I mean, we got to go through it. We got to go through it painfully, one way or another. The Nuggets, uh, of course, lose that game to the Timberwolves on uh what was it on tuesday wednesday it was on wednesday uh they lose 112 106 in overtime that ends their season one game out of the playoffs just like last year um it does feel very deja vu yeah it does somebody reset the matrix it's very irritating at least at least it wasn't russell westbrook burying a three on us at at the buzzer this time also that while while the crowd cheered him at at, in nurkic didn't wish us a nice summer exactly yeah we beat nurkic that was good they're 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 small positives um we'll (laughs) we'll break through the baby steps exactly exactly it's we're nuggets fans we gotta we gotta take what we can get all right um We'll break it down, though. We'll go through that Minnesota game. Um, I specifically want to talk about some some home cooking on the refs there. Uh, and then I think, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll take a moment. We'll, we'll start looking towards the offseason. 
uh, and and what the Nuggets might do, what we would like to see them do, what we think they actually will do, or or would be possible that they could do, um, and just how they can improve. And then finally, uh, after the break, we will we figure we'll start breaking into player evaluations as well. We'll go through right each week. Uh, evaluate a different player, season, kind of say what their ups were, what their downs were, uh, what to maybe maybe make some predictions on what to expect from them or what we hope to see from them uh, in the coming season, in the 2018-2019 season. So uh, for this week, let's start. Let's start at the top. Nikola Jokic. Uh, I thought I thought there was a lot of interesting things that happened in that Minnesota game, as well as down the stretch in the season overall for Nikola. Uh, and so he will be our first player that we go through, uh, and we'll go through his season and then that should pretty much wrap up the show. So, um, let's dive in, man. so the, the nuggets, like I said, they lose to the Timberwolves 112, 106. Of course, the game was in Minnesota game 82. It was a play in game for all intents and purposes. Um, and the nuggets just come up short can't uh can't outlast uh the wolves in overtime um I, look i don't i don't want to completely just like be the guy who blames blames the refs uh for a loss i don't the nuggets had they had their chance right there at the end of regulation to win that game they had the ball they did with what four like four and a half seconds left um they missed the shot yeah. they didn't even get the shot up uh, yeah, but yeah, right. exactly. So, I mean, like you, at the end of the day, you gotta you gotta put the blame squarely on the Nuggets' shoulders for not getting that win. That being said, I thought, and maybe it's just more noticeable because the stakes are higher. But I really thought, man, the refs did not do did a very poor job uh, with the game. And specifically, when I think about it, I think about Carl Anthony Towns uh, and the way that they refereed him versus the way they refereed Jokic. You know, those are two guys that that are fairly similar. Uh, and what they've what they provide to the right. teams in terms of impact, and and to see one guy, granted I get it, he's the home team, but to see uh, Towns get away with call after call after call, uh, meanwhile Jokic just continuing to get fouled. Uh, I thought it was, it, it, I guess it was, you know, a little bit of home cooking uh, on that whistle, and and I thought it, it certainly was noticeable. Uh, in the game, Gordon, did you did you see that as well with the refs, or do you think it, I'm just kind of being a, a homer right now? It's tough, man. It, Nuggets fans have been annoyed at the way that Jokic gets called for two years now. Right. Like it, for the amount of impact that he has and the the great player that he is, he doesn't get great player fouls. Like that's just not what he gets. Um, I I would like to think that's people being objective. But sometimes it isn't. Um, part of it probably is Jokic flopping uh, when someone breathes on him. Uh, but that works for other people just fine. So right. really, in the end, you just you look at it and you're like, so what is it that other people are doing that that the Nuggets are not doing in these sorts of situations? Because like you said, it certainly seemed like guys like Towns were getting away with things or getting easier foul calls than Jokic was getting. Um, but the way that the... The Timberwolves have a different fouling philosophy, if you will, than than the Nuggets did. The Nuggets are reachers and slappers, and I guess that's easily called. Like that's that's how they foul. They don't I, move their uh, feet; they just reach over and hack somebody. I can remember a fairly specific Carl Anthony Towns hack that was quite blatant. I know it was a. I know. Called. 
Uh, no, like I said, man, it's it, it's very it's very frustrating. Like you, you will get the foul shots, and you're like, oh, it's not that much of a discrepancy. Uh, although even one extra foul shot might have made the difference in the game. Right. Um, but it you look at just just the rhythm of the game, and the way that it got broken up with all of these uh, different. Um, the the ways in which fouls were called or not called changed the way in which the two teams played. Right. Um, and, and it makes a difference, man. So yeah, I, I I'm not gonna say it was massively biased, but you watched calls that should have been made not get made. Um, and I don't see why Towns is a bigger star than Jokic to make the calls roll in his favor the way that it felt like they did watching the game. Right. Yeah. No, I I agree 100. And it, and you know you look at the other thing. Um. The what was it? It was, it was something. It was like the, the, all the stats are going to kind of favor this as well, right? The um, I think in, in a, like a period of fourth quarter and overtime, like uh, what the Timberwolves shot, like uh, basically like maybe like twelve or fourteen free throws, uh, and I think the Nuggets maybe shot like two uh, from right, you know. And then uh, you had the you, what was it? I mean, you think about. I, I, I said this, like, legitimately, okay, so Carl Anthony Towns gets three fouls in the first half. He gets two of them right there, right at the end of the second quarter. Right, uh, yes. It, and they all those two almost felt to me more like the makeup calls because, like, there were some some blatant, we talked about that hack foul. There was a, I mean, there was a blatant ass check uh, that he did on Gary Harris. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, like, like, just like, that was it. That was his form of defense was like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna stick my butt out here and hit Gary right in the hip. Um, and, and it didn't go called. Uh, I, I thought, you know, well, the fact that Taj Gibson didn't foul out of the game, oh, I, he I'm like, terrible you think I had too. like 14 fouls, man. Like, I have no idea how that happened, but they weren't fouling anyone out of this game. And then there was also, like, that's just... there was also the last two minute report, right? Where we had, we, they said that uh, right. they missed the call on Teague. Um, right there within right. like the last thirty seconds of the of the, of the fourth quarter. Uh, so, and again, like like I'm not I'm not trying to say that's the reason they lost the game because they had their chances to win it uh, and they didn't take care of business. But it it's just it's just discouraging, I guess, when you see when you see a game ref like that, um, and 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 it's and it's it's just as, as uneven as it is, especially down the stretch. Um, and, and it seems very clear that they're giving a. Uh, a whistle to the home team, you know, it, eh, I thought it was, but people get caught up in it. I get it. I, uh, you know, refs get caught up in it too. Right. You know, the crowd and the everything. I just, at some point, uh, Nuggets fans have felt for a while, like they don't get the whistle when it matters. These, these two minute reports seem to keep piling up with, oops, sorry, Nuggets. Oops, sorry, Nuggets. Oops, sorry, Nuggets. Sort of, um, uh, you know, backhanded second day, can't do anything about it now. But, uh, yeah, you were right. That was a mistake. And it just gets tiresome. You all, all you want is for the game to be called. If you can't call it, like, correctly, at least call it fairly. Right. Um, and if and I don't like I don't like getting makeup calls on random things because, you know, you blew one on the other side. But at the same time. It probably wasn't a twelve to two foul discrepancy either, so maybe you did screw something right. up. Right, exactly. That's a, the, I mean, like the even the the stats are there, right? The the numbers that you would think might indicate uh, the game being officiated one certain way, or at least there there's a correlation. Um, 
they were there as well. Was there a correlation to how it played out down the track, just the way that it was called? Right. You know, whether or not you think the fouls are called correctly, they certainly had an impact on the outcome. Right, yeah, exactly. Exactly. They definitely they definitely affected the end of a of a crucial game. Um all right, I don't. I don't want to. I want to stay on the refs any longer. It's just because, because, like I said, I don't want to leave. There's the nothing you can do. Right, it. Yeah, right. and, and like I said, we had we had our chances, man. Like the the Nuggets could have done it and could have overcome. All they had to do was, you know, Jokic at least hit iron on a layup, you know, yeah. and we'd have been all right. Yeah. There's a. I thought the other thing that was really interesting there was so at the at the end of the game, obviously, like I said, they had the ball with four and a half seconds. Um, what I thought was interesting was obviously so Jokic. They get the ball to Jokic uh, in the corner, uh, the near side corner, um, and and then Taj Gibson steals the ball and they failed to get off a shot. Uh, if you remember back in, what a week ago against Milwaukee, uh, they got that basically that same look to Paul Millsap, uh, and he fumbled the ball uh, out of bounds. So I thought it was interesting yep. that it was that, that they went to that play again. And I get it, like Jokic was having a big game and he was your um, he was your horse that you were riding that whole time. And he's the only reason you were there uh, at the end of the game. Um, I get why you want to get that look. I just thought it was interesting that it was that that, that same play call, uh, and and both times they didn't even get a shot up uh, on it. Do you? Well, it is. Oh, it just drives me crazy, man. And it it's not that they that they called the the ball for Jokic. That's fine. He's he's uh you know your your player who's been he took what like twenty five shots in the game. Right. Like he's he's your guy out there trying to make it happen. Um, he's not going to get his shot blocked, right. you know, in theory. So uh, I don't have a problem putting the ball in his hands with a few seconds to go. You know, sure, what your what your starter do his thing. That's what you're trying to figure out, right? right. You know, who's your closer? Who, whether it's going to be Murray, whether it's going to be Jokic, whether whoever it is, it's going to go ahead and and take the reins when you need a bucket with four seconds left to go to the playoffs. What I don't like is that you are having him play soft, that your design is to give the ball to Jokic, whose only option is to shoot a fall away, fading, whatever, out to the three-point line. Right. Like, that's not good design. You, If you're going to give it to Jokic, you get action on the play. Like, it, you could have done any number of things. Um, I remember Earl Boykins uh, on uh, Altitude a, a couple days ago brought up you know, look, man, Jeff Teague is their worst defender. You have two good guards. Just make him face one of them. Right. It doesn't matter which one it is. It's your best option right. when you're facing Minnesota is you get one of your guards who are very good players on their worst defending guard, and then whoever has that gets the shot. I get that. That all makes perfect sense to me too. There are any number of ways that you design an advantage, and instead they designed a play for – Jokic to take a low percentage shot against a guy who's guarding him very physically, um, yeah, in a game where no one's in a game where no one's calling fouls for for that kind of play, and they're definitely not calling it on the final shot uh, that Denver would have in regulation. So, it just didn't seem like a advantageous play calling, I suppose. One thing I'll say about this is he was getting that he was making that shot. Uh, in I that know, game. like he he did hit quite a few from that spot, but he was you're right that, that he was further out. He had been hitting that shot. From uh, it was closer yeah, just in. It, yeah. it was like a mid range. It was actually a very you know the shot that people cringe about, right? It was like a long mid range, right? Yeah, the, the mid range too. With a contested yeah. too, uh, but he was hitting it like he 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 had it going. So oh, Jokic doesn't care about that. The Jokic just contested two percentages ridiculously high. Anyway, <laughs> he just shoots it, he's um, got that rainbow shot. 
Yeah, yeah, he's shooting it from behind his head. No one can get to it. And because his arm is so long, by the time he finishes it, he's halfway to the basket anyway. Right. I though I don't disagree. Like I, I, I think Jamal Murray would have been uh would have been an interesting decision there. It's, uh, it's a huge shot, right? It's a huge possession, and so like, um, getting the Jokic the ball wasn't a bad idea, and and I get that. Like I said, because of everything you go in, and he is your star, and that's a huge moment. But man, you wonder. It makes you wonder. Like uh, it would have been interesting to see, um. Maybe one of those other guys, especially like like you brought up and uh, like Earl Boykins brought up. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna choose uh, one of those one of those players to put it up against, I mean, you either want Carl um, Anthony Towns, uh, right? But he's actually going to be focused on playing defense. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is a physical freak, um, and when he's locked in and focused, he could actually be a decent defender uh, on that end, and he's clearly going to be. For that one final play. For that one play, absolutely. Right. So, like, yeah, I, I, you might go after Jeff Teague. Um, and, 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 like, you hope actually in that game, you hope it's Murray, right? Because Murray, he, he was on and off. But, man, when he had some moments where uh, he had some big shots in that game. So, and he's shown it as well. I, I'm trying to think of what else. It's a make-miss league, man. Right. It's just It sucks because you're like, you could design the best play ever and your guy can brick it. And you can design a terrible play and your guy can hit a rainbow three falling out of bounds. And you look like a genius. Right. Like it, it make or miss. It makes coaches so much look so much better or so much worse than the actual percentage of the play would have made it. Um, but this time, it, it seemed like a lower percentage play. It looked like a lower percentage play, and it turned out to be a lower percentage play. Right. That's all you could do. Other than other than that final play, Gordon, what else do you think was was the reason, or would you say contributed to the loss? Not finishing, man. Like uh, they shot fine, they they defended okay. Like it, you just couldn't buy the buckets when you needed them, especially in the last, you know, minute of the game. Like it, neither team wanted to seize control of the game. Both teams were tight, and Denver just doesn't have the experience of finishing in those moments. They haven't got it. Right. Like I'm hoping that that the last you know two weeks of this season will help them with that. Right. Um, but everybody had a chance. Millsap, you know, Jokic, uh, Murray, like you had your guys who had their chances to go ahead and make the impact on the game late and they couldn't do it. You know, uh, part of that may be being tired. Right. You know, Jokic played again, another 40 plus minute game. You know, people have been mocking him all year for, you know, looking like a fat slob, but the guy has been playing a ton of minutes right. very, very effectively um, with basically – with very little rest. Um, and he got very little rest in this game because uh, they couldn't afford to. Every time he sat down, the the deficit grew. Like, Yeah, that was uh, – that was uh, I think a huge part of it was – I mean they, it was, they did that in the fourth quarter. What they tried to sit him down um, and they got like a minute or two. And then it yeah. was like, oh, we got to get him back up because, yeah, they're, they're, we're getting killed right now. Um, which well, and that's that's just one of those things, man. Like it, one of the one of the really strange conundrums of this team is that for a team that brags about how they're deep one to seventeen, they don't have enough guys who can get on the floor who can keep a lead, and so you're you're playing your main guys the way Tibbs is playing his main guys. Right. So both teams are tired in the end of the fourth quarter of a very physical game because there's no one else who's been on the court who's been able to help them. I mean, you know, neither team uses a bench. Neither team uh, really has guys they can rely on. 
it's it's a very strangely organized situation, and it seemed to hurt them in this game where nobody, you know, wasn't Chandler played forty eight minutes, man, like zero points, zero points, forty eight minutes, but because they didn't have anyone else, they would play in that position. Um, it just it. I think literally not being able to rest the players who needed to finish was a very big deal in this game. Yeah, it, I mean, you and it, you, I think some of it's you got to battle that mentality, or it, it's really it's it's just a decision making, and, and sometimes it pays off, sometimes it doesn't. But when you're in a a winner go home, you know, game, you're going to tend to str- got to ride right, horses. You're going to tend to stretch those guys out. Um, yep, and, and see what you see what you could do. It was very interesting that they didn't play Trey Lyles. Uh, in that game, I thought was an interesting another just that was odd. I thought, yeah. I, I mean, at the same, I, I get it to a point like like we said. You're, I mean, nobody nobody off the bench. The guy who played the most off the bench was Gary Harris, who like of course you like right. you would expect that, and even then, he, Gary only played twenty one minutes. So, like it, it and got obliterated in plus minus. Right, yeah, not necessarily was, his fault, but yeah, yeah. Gary, Gary didn't have a great game. There, there's no, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, plus minus can somewhat be deceiving. Well, for, and one one game samples of plus minus are very misleading. Right, I mean, However, <laughs> I don't think it's I I don't think it's it's uh, strange that the bench guys who did play were massive negatives in this game. Right, right. Well, except for you know uh, Devin Harrison and, and Tory Craig. Uh, well, <laughs> Tory yeah. Craig played five minutes, so I don't know how much you can read into that. Devin Harris only played ten. Um, right, but at the same time, like we said, I mean Wilson Chandler was a plus one, uh, and, and he had a terrible game as well. So, um, yep. Yeah, I guess like yeah, that's kind of where what I look at. They had they struggled with turnovers early. That I thought really, uh, really hurt them in the first half. Uh, but the yeah early yeah yeah, but they they calmed it right. down. They, they 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 got it better, and then I mean it's just yeah, they just they they kind of ran out of gas there. Um, I mean, you look at the hands. stat lines, man, and it doesn't look like anybody did anything really wrong. All that happened is there were key possessions where they couldn't find enough oomph to finish the key possessions. Right. That was it. Right. Yeah, that's it. You know? They didn't, they, they didn't get a couple calls, and they couldn't quite finish. Do something. You lost by six points. You missed seven. Yeah, they did butcher the line. Yeah. So. That's just got Heathing stat right there. <laughs> those are the, those are the Heathings. That's right. That's right. They did shoot quite poorly from the free throw line. That was... Uh, didn't didn't yeah. like Murray miss two in a row at one point at the, on the free throw line? I think so. Murray's, Murray's been missing a couple of free throws down the stretch. He's going to spend his whole summer in the gym just shooting free throws and three-pointers. There you go. There you go. Getting all mad at himself. That's absolutely right. All right. Let's – Um. I hope not. By the way, uh, if you listen to this, Jamal, please work on your handle. I love you to I love you to death, buddy, but I need you to be able to dribble in We're traffic. cool with 91.7% on, on free yeah, throws. Yeah, 91.7% is on the, on the free <laughs> we'll throws. Take that. It's, it's cool. Listen, we know you want to break Mahmoud's record, but you did, it's fine. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. You can get there. It's You're you're only 20 years old. Exactly. It'll be all right. Um, all right. So let me – I guess I want to close up the discussion with this on, on, on this topic. So, so the Nuggets—they uh, missed the playoffs, right? They were forty-six and uh, and thirty-six. Which, uh, as Tim Connolly, yeah, yes, Zach, they missed the playoffs. As, you are correct. <laughs> as Tim Connolly pointed out, uh, I, you know, Gordon, some people might be just checking into the show right now. Uh, All right, yeah, you're, you're catching them up so, midstream. Exactly, I get it. Exactly. This yes, is, this is this is Zach Me Cash. I'm Gordon Gross. We're still talking about the Nuggets, who also missed the playoffs. <laughs> All right, continue. Thank you. There we go. We're we're pros. Um, 46 and 36, uh, was where they ended up. That would have put them as a six seed, um, in the East. 
there's a lot of talk about would have, would have done it last year too. Yeah, right? last would've year, last year they would have done it too, I believe. Um, but a lot of talk about this lately about you know uh, conferences and should they matter in playoff seating. Gordon, I mean, we're obviously a little bit biased right at this moment because if the conferences didn't matter, the Nuggets would be still playing. Um, but is there is there some merit to that? Do you think? Uh, about and and now we heard Adam Silver saying you know that he he thinks that that Nuggets Wolves game was really great for the league, so they they should really start looking about how they could get a play in game. Um, do you think that's a good idea? Is that something you'd want to see? Well, those are two very different questions. Um, play in game, like first off, which is deal with that. Uh, it would baseball loves it. Um, the second wild card and the 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 matchup of the two wild cards um, in a play-in game in baseball has helped them with like some of their some of the mid tanking issues. Right. Where some people are willing to go for it. If you're decent at the trade deadline, you might as well go for it. You might get a play-in game. You know, you don't have to make the eight seed. You can make the nine seed. Um, those things, those things would help, I suppose, in the NBA for your, your teams that are close, but no cigar, like Charlotte wouldn't shut it down in the last week or two because they might be able to reach the nine seed, right. you know, like stuff like that, uh, would make it interesting. Now, of course the Nuggets, you know, would lose an eight, nine matchup, <laughs> you know, right. that would, that would be Nug life there. Um, so I get it. Like. I, I can understand the thinking on that. Um, I don't – as far as what it would do for the league, I mean, playing games are cool. Like, it, it, it's nice to see them. It's great to have the last day of your season mean something before you jump into the playoffs. Right. You know, rather than everybody just sitting players and whatever, fans actually get something out of it. So from a fan service standpoint, it's kind of nice that you don't have to worry that guys are sitting, you know, uh, players or whatever on the teams that are trying to make that. Um, it doesn't always matter in a league. Sometimes you have three, four, five games between the eight and the nine seed or the nine and the 10 seed. Um, but it, it would bring a little more, um, juice to it. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not at all against that sort of an idea. Um, a, how about you? I would say, here's my idea on it. Um, and, and here's how I would, we would do it. And I think it somewhat solves, uh, the play in game and the, the conference seating, uh, thing. Um, if I, if you had a situation like we saw this year, uh, where where the uh, first of all I, I would do away I would just do away with conference seating uh, in general. However, um, I would make the play in game if like so I for example if a team in the Western Conference that was past an eighth seed uh, got into uh, or, or missed the missed out like the Nuggets did, right? They only won forty six games. Right, they were in the nine seed. They would have been the six seed in the East. Uh, I would right. rather them have been in the playoffs, and then and then your last two seeds, the uh, the Bucks and the Wizards, in this case, play have a playing game between those two uh, for that final spot. Now, in this situ- scenario too, the the if if this was the case, the the Los Angeles Clippers probably don't just. Uh, pack it in on those last Correct. four games and they'd actually might have made it in two so you might have had uh you know playing games between the the uh, wizards and bucks and then the heat and the clippers um to s- decide who that final uh those final two playoff spots would have been that that kind of i think is maybe a way you could do it and then that way uh even if you're not a top eight seed 
in either conference, you still get, if you still had a top 16 overall record, uh, you're at least going to get a shot at uh, um, getting into the playoffs. But if you're eighth in your conference, uh, you still also guarantee yourself a shot um, at getting into the playoffs. It just means you might have to play a play-in game to get there. That's that's kind of how I would do it. Uh, that would be interesting. Yeah, uh, people are going to talk about these sorts of things being convoluted, but I've been watching. I mean, how many years now um, has the East been worse than the West? That's, like they're like, well, it's cyclical. Like okay, man. But yeah, but understand, like half my life is not cyclical. Like right, like, last that's... time, last time, uh, no joke. Last time the East was like definitely better than the West was when Michael Jordan was was winning rings. That's what I'm saying yeah. to you. Like you know, come on, man. We're coming up on it's been 18 years, I think, that the East, uh, that the West has had better seeds than the East. Right. Um, the last I checked. So it's it's insane to me that that you. Uh, that you treat the conferences equally when they haven't been equal for two decades, um, and yet you get teams in the West with like 50 wins getting left out. Right. Right. You know, it, it's it, I find it bizarre, and I don't understand from a basketball standpoint why you would want that. Um, I can understand why certain teams in the East would definitely want that. You know, uh, but and so you have their owners fighting against losing their playoff revenue from being terrible and still making the playoffs. Right. You know, but they already have because you're you're even padding the stats the way that it's done now because the the east plays itself more than it plays the west. So you have lesser teams beating each other up and they still have decent records but they have it because they're beating up their own squads. Right. You know, it, it's just it's a frustrating thing from a again coming from a western conference where it's a you know it's a knife fight every time to get in the playoffs, you know, and, and in the East people just kind of fall into it on accident. Right. Or, yeah, or they're just like you know they're good, they're not they're not, but it, it, like in the West, it's like man, you have to be. I mean, look look what we saw come down the stretch of this uh, of this season. Every single team winning game after game, going on big massive win streaks, and they're all still right there uh, at the end. And it, and this is this was ten years ago we saw the exact same thing. Where, uh, where even it was even worse. You had to have fifty wins uh, to get into the right. playoffs in the West. Yeah. I, well, and it's been forty to eight, forty eight, forty nine, fifty. It's been, it's been very, very serious. Right. But I mean, we played the Pacers. The, the Nuggets played the Pacers just a little bit ago. You tell me the Pacers want anything to do with a Nuggets squad in the playoffs? No. Yeah. You tell me the Heat or the Bucks, uh, you know, want to see the want to see the Nuggets in the playoffs in any kind of in any seriousness? Heck, the Celtics, the the Sixers, the Sixers might want to see us. <laughs> the Sixers sure. seem to seem to play us pretty well. Yeah. Um, even going back, you know. Right, but the Raptors have historically not played us well. We took them, you know, we, it's a tooth and nail every time. Right. They're the number one seed in the East, and they would have want nothing to do with the Nuggets squad, you know, in, in any whereas, sort of mixed conference playoffs. Whereas the, in the West, the uh, the Rockets have been like, heck yeah, give us the Nuggets. We'll take them all day. Yeah, bring us the Nuggets, man. <laughs> yeah. we, we get some we'll rest. smash them like we smash sleep. anybody else. So it doesn't even matter. Right. All right. Well, tell you what, we uh we are already about halfway through the show, so we're going to uh you know I'm going to take the break right now, and then when we come back, uh, we will we'll get into a little bit of off season talk, uh, and then we'll break down uh, Nikola Jokic's season with the Nuggets. So we are going to hit a break and be right back. We've all been there. 
When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate. And he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. Back into the Pickaxe Pundit Show, Zach Mikosh, Gordon Gross. We kind of spent our first half uh, of the show breaking down that Memphis. Or Memphis. Well, we could have spent the first half breaking down, down that Memphis game <laughs> and how important that one was. Now uh, breaking down that Minnesota game and, and everything that happened, and then kind of the, putting a cap on the on the season. Um, let's get let's. I want to look at the off season now. Uh, and kind of kind of turn our focus forward. So we know we know obviously Coach Malone's not going anywhere. That uh, that has been squashed by by general manager and uh, PR alike. So uh, and after the last two weeks, we didn't. Yeah, no, that. exactly. Like there, I don't think anybody was still. Even... There was an option. It's really weird to me that there's this notion that. Nobody ever talked about the fact that Malone's job could be in jeopardy when people at the Post talked about it. People nationally talked right. about it, right. you know, uh, on podcasts and articles. And the, only people who, uh, but that, the only people who didn't talk about it was the Nuggets themselves, which which is fine. Correct. And that, no, and they shouldn't. Right, exactly. that's, that's not something exactly. they should enter into speculation. It's good that they didn't. But if the team had decided after the Memphis game to tank – you know, to lose these overtime games, to lose poorly on the road again, to lose poorly at home, there might have been a question. Maybe the team, maybe he's lost the team. Right. You could see that. I mean, they, they're around them more. They would know. But no, the way the team responded to Malone was was gratifying to see. Mm-hmm. The, the, the way that they took the, the challenge after the, the failed road trip and just picked it up at the end against Oklahoma City and just, you know, got the bit in their teeth and ran for the finish line. They didn't make it. But that's okay. The effort should be applauded. The fact they didn't quit. The fact that they they put everything they had into it, and that Malone got out, pushed all the right buttons to get them to win some very very tough games. And they were and they were there. They were there all the way down to the end, right? They, down they were down right to there. the last four seconds. Like they 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 had the shot. Yeah, yeah. Like they they got all the way there. That they just didn't it just didn't work out uh, at the very end. That's sometimes that's just basketball, and this is the way it goes. Right. Um, so yeah, Malone's back and, and Malone should be back. I understand it. Right. Yeah. I, I agree 100% that, 
um, that that he should be back. I said that. I mean, I said that uh, even before they were on this win streak. Uh, You've been on that, right? Yeah. I, I've, I've always been on the, the Mike Malone should be back. Um, one of the things I've been on the Mike Malone's not necessarily a great fit for the roster, so you better fix something if you're keeping him. And, and I definitely agree with that. And, and that was what I was going to say is so one of the things that I pointed out in that that article I wrote. Uh, a couple weeks back was that like, you know what, if, if things do go bad and they're like, hey, we need to make changes, your ch- your only choice might be to get rid of the coach because you've kind of locked yourself in uh, in terms of your roster. And so as we go and look here, especially the core. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, your core, which is not bad. Like, it, I think it's a good thing to know. OK, Nicole Jokic, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris. That is what Correct. we're building around. That is yep, yep. those are the horses we're going to ride. Um, how do we get there? And, and I think everything else should be designed to build around them to make that core right, work. I agree. Right. So let me ask you this thing, Gordon. So like knowing what you know, I mean, about the, about the off season where the nuggets are at cap wise and what, what, what they could or could not do. Uh, what, I guess what is like the best case scenario for them this off season? Uh, the best case scenario is they win the lottery right. and they get to draft uh, Luka Dantich and, and we're going to go. Is. There it is. I don't, Championship. Uh, I don't see why that's a, that's too hard for the basketball gods to work out. Like one in two hundred, you know, there's a one in two hundred shot. It's perfect. Right. You know, Has totally it, easy. It's happened once before, right? Was it or oh was yeah, it Orlando? They, I mean, they changed the odds after Orlando yeah, did it, but yeah. yeah, it's happened. So, I mean, it, it's doing. But yeah, that, you're right. I mean, that is the, that's like the dream scenario, right? And it's there is technically a chance. Like it's it, you're saying there's a chance. It's a half of a percent, but it is there. Um, Right and, and Luka Doncic, I, I, I'm, I mean, I, just, I, 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 I don't want to bash my own commenters, but I've had some bad arguments in those comment boards about how Luka Doncic isn't that good, just basically just because he's from Europe. Um, but oh, I'm telling you, man, I'm waiting for those people to eat a ton of humble pie when he right. gets to the NBA. This is like this guy. What, what is he? What he's doing? Those are the same people who told you Ben Simmons wasn't anything. So yeah, right. don't worry right. about it. Exactly. And and what he is doing? I mean, he's playing in a league that Ben Simmons. I mean, the SEC basketball is nowhere in close. Uh, it's to, not to close. ACB people don't understand. Like, it is not close. Right. That is that is the second best basketball league in the world. The only one that's better is yes. the NBA league. Like the, those guys. Over there would beat G League teams up and down the court, no problem. Uh, demolish them, and yes. G League teams would demolish college teams. So like that's yes, that's how how good of a league it is, and and it's also a league that's like veteran laden, right? Like this is a league where um, it's a it's a league where teenagers don't play. If they play, they get five ten minutes right. a game. Yeah, Dante is out there like you know rolling his twenty plus minutes. Uh, being one of the best players on his team, getting final shots. Real that doesn't happen in that league. Yeah, for the best right. team. Yeah, the, it doesn't happen in those leagues. Right. Like, that's not how Eurobasket works. So the fact that he's getting it means he earned it, and the fact that he's uh, he is doing outstanding at it is, is, is speaks to his talent. Right. So, yes, well, I don't know why we're spending any time talking about it because this is not going <laughs> to happen. But the best thing that could happen is for them to get this pick – Draft Doncic and let's go. All right, so you want to know what my dream scenario is? Yeah, hit it. Um, what's what's LeBron's max? Thirty-seven. <laughs> is that it? Yeah, something like that. 30, that's that's a that's a Paul Millsap and you know like I mean whatever we'll give them a first round pick and like Darrell Arthur or something like you know some expire it's all expiring. Uh, one season. That's all that is. That, that that's it's Paul Millsap's contract and some filler. 
Uh, and Paul Millsap sure. is effectively a an, an expiring. Is that Phil or Gary Harris and uh, Jamal? No, Murray no, it's and, a sign and uh... trade. Like, look, LeBron can choose where he can go, <laughs> and and we're saying, hey, we'll give you a first round pick. Uh, we'll give you an excellent basketball player in Paul Millsap, who you can either keep for another year, or you can just let go and free up thirty million worth of cap space, just like that. Right. Like there. <laughs> I, I think Cleveland would be open to it if LeBron wanted to sign here. Is what I'm saying. I think that 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 would uh, um, that would be possible. Now let's. I mean, who have the Nuggets been recruiting? Uh, Richard Jefferson. They brought onto the team that replaces Mike Miller. Uh, they of course were all in on Dwayne Wade. We've seen LeBron James hang out with Josh Kroenke on Malone's a former coach. Michael Malone's his former coach. It all sets up very, very nicely. Uh, oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's not. Gonna I'm pretty happen. sure that we're gonna win. That we're gonna win a couple of like you know uh, lotteries before that happens. The Nuggets won the lottery sure. and signed LeBron. I accept your well, no, <laughs> then they wouldn't trade the lottery pick for LeBron, man. No, so you'd no, be it's a sign and trade. Like we just give him Millsap and we'll give him like a future first round pick uh, <laughs> and, and like Darrell Arthur. Uh, for LeBron James, <laughs> we'll draft Luka Doncic. I thought before we ta- we started this, you told me that my stuff had to be legit. This is legit. This is realistic. This yeah. can all happen. This is, <laughs> and then you start you, your starting lineup next year is Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Luka Doncic, LeBron James, and Nikola Jokic. Okay, you can beat I mean, the Warriors. Probably be okay you with be, that. You can beat a, a full strength Warriors team. They better be better than the ninth seed, then I guess. <laughs> Right, uh, you could uh, you could do it, man. That team would that team would win. Uh, that that would be my dream scenario uh, for the Nuggets. It's not going to happen. I think Wilson Chandler opts in if that happens. Oh yeah, and no, well he would <laughs> he wouldn't be a starter. So he'd know what his role is, though. That's for sure. Right? Yeah, he would have no questions about what role it Actually, is on play, the team. He play like the two through four off the bench, so it would still be crazy. Uh, and right. fill in for any injury at any one of those positions, it would be nuts. Um, so let's, I guess let's talk about this though. Okay. So more realistic off, off season things. And maybe we start there. Like where, I, where do you expect Wilson Chandler to go with his option? I still expect Wilson to opt out. Um, I mean, he's playing it coy in X interviews. Like I'm going to look at my options. I really like what we're right. doing here, et cetera, et cetera. He's, leaving his, he's, he's not, not burning yeah, bridges because he might be back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's not the kind of guy to do that. Um, but I would expect him to realize to find a way to get more on the open market. Uh, with his injury history, he's going to want more guaranteed money. All he needs to do is hurt a hip again, right. you know. And he's and he's hitting next free agency with nothing. Right. And if Malone's going to play him for forty eight minutes a night, maybe that's not good for his long term career longevity. Right. So he escaped this year while being mostly healthy. He was you know fairly productive in the second half. Um, what, a couple games aside, unfortunately. <laughs> Game um, eighty two aside. Right. But honestly, like uh, he's set up to get a multi-year deal and, and he wants a multi-year deal and I would expect him to find right. one. He's going to – And that's better for his security. He's set up for like a three-year deal at the MLE. So somewhere like around like eight and Correct. a half million for three years. You know, So he gets himself like yeah, $27 yeah. Million guaranteed, which is more than double what he has guaranteed for him next year if he stays with the Nuggets. Right. The other thing we know about Wilson is like, I mean – uh, I don't know. I, I, I tend to – my vibe, and this would just be me kind of speculating off of just like the vibe of, of being in the locker room uh, every now and then. And, and it is, my vibe is that he's cool and everything's fine. Uh, but we know in the past 
he has uh, he has disagreed with the way that his minutes have been managed um, and what his role has was. So I, I, I don't know if he necessarily, you know, or that he's going to be opposed to a fresh start. Uh, I don't know if no. that necessarily to him giving up $12 million this season uh, and maybe only making eight and a half uh, isn't isn't worth guaranteeing longer money plus getting to go somewhere new uh, where he might have a better chance to win or might have I don't I don't even more. know we go new man my my odds are on New York like the Knicks he liked he yeah he liked New York man like I'm not gonna lie to you um I would expect that go, the Knicks right? would be would be open to him I mean I think I I would I would what if he goes to the Spurs or something like that <laughs> Like it just balls out. I, I could see it. Hey, cause if we're going to be conspiracy theories, man, you know, uh, uh, Chris Fleming used to be his coach here, and uh, he's now uh, the lead assistant in uh, in Brooklyn. And there you go. You know, it, yeah. it gets back to the New York area. It'll be fine. Yeah, I could see that too. That that's not bad. And then it's not then it's not the Knicks. It's not the Knicks trash can fire. Brooklyn's already paying though, like Alan Crabb and Damari Carroll, a pretty. We can do a sign and trade for Damari Carroll. Sure. Chunk of money. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, there you go. Um, I think. I think realistically, though, I boy, if he here's the thing: if he doesn't opt out, the Nuggets are pretty much locked in. Like you can pay, you can do Jokic's That's extension, which we are <coughs> not extension. Uh, you can you can opt out and then and then re-sign uh, for a max, which would uh, which is kind of what Tim Connolly sounded like he was hinting towards them trying to get done. He said they wanted to get the deal That's done. That's what they should do. Yeah. Right, and that's what they need to do. Right. Uh, so you can still get that done no matter what. Uh, but if you have if you have Chandler uh, on the books as well, I think you're going to be into the tax at that point, right? So um, yeah. Well, and you can't. It really restricts you with Barton and some other things. Right. Yeah. Especially if you try and resign or if you resign Barton, then you're definitely in the tax. Um, right. Which means your MLE is quite a bit smaller. Uh, you're also like you got. Uh, you, then you got. Uh, let's put it this way: if, if Chandler opts in, you got work to do because you need to find someone to take Kenneth Freed's contract. Correct. Like that you've got to move that twelve million off the books. And for nothing. Right. Yeah. And, exactly. You're gonna. You're probably gonna have to pay um, to to get rid of him, and then and then Darrell Arthur's contract. You're gonna have to look at it as well. Uh, what you do there, so you're really gonna limit your mobility. Uh, ideally, you know, Chandler opts out. Um, and, and you, you use your MLE to kind of bring in somebody to, uh, at least shore up that depth. I don't know. Where would you, Gordon, what, Chandler opts out. What's more important to you? Getting a, getting a small forward or, um, getting like a backup point guard, which would be the other thing with Devin Harris out. Regardless. Man, I, we got to have a backup point guard. I don't, I don't even know if you need an MLE to do it. It really depends what you decide to do the with the position. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the BAE would be fine. Um, like, you could go uh, back to Europe for a point guard if you needed to. Like, there are guys who could run a point guard off a bench, but if the Nuggets don't address that again this offseason, I'm going to – I don't know. I will, you'll hear me on a future podcast throwing things. It'll be <laughs> awesome. It'll be the This is Gordon Throwing Things podcast you, uh, where we're rolling back into the season with five shooting let guards. Let me ask you this, Gordon. Is, is Monte Morris your, your candidate number one for, for the backup point guard job? If we're being cheap, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like, if we're being cheap, right? If if your if your if your goal is to pay nothing for the position, Which then sure. Because Morris is Morris is great at three things. Like he's great at not turning the ball over. You know, he's great at running an offense, and he's great at being cheap. There you go. Like those are the those that's are his three like current skills. 
Yeah. That's that's you know, uh so I'm not I'm not overly concerned. But they can go any number of ways with it. They don't necessarily have to use all of Chandler's money on that, but that has to happen. Right. Otherwise, you know, you're gonna resign Tory Craig, he's gonna be he's gonna play the three for you. Right. For you know, that's there goes fifteen, tw- you know, what are you gonna play him? Twenty five minutes a night? Yeah, probably. So there's twenty five minutes a night from Craig. You know, Might slide Moncho um, over there. You could. I really wish they wouldn't, but you could try to slide Wancho into a big three for a while. Um, But you could. You're going to play Barton there. You know you are. If you bring Barton back, let's say. I still assume that they're going to try to do that the way that Connolly was talking. Especially if Chandler Chandler opts out, you kind of have to. If Chandler's out, you have the cash, and you and you love Barton anyway. You need wings desperately. (laughs) You need wings. You need guys who can wings. I need guys who can do. Fill in roles and bench roles right. and play swingman positions and Barton does all of that. You know he can't play defense, but no one on the Nuggets does. You know one of the things I'd like them to do is address some defense, but that's probably going to have to be in the draft or with random, very small uh, money additions. Right. Um. I mean, unless they manage to turn the roster over, and I don't expect major, major moves. I don't expect them to be like, all right, so we cleared out four power forwards. You know, trade two shooting guards, and we've got four new players from other teams. That's not how that's going to work this offseason. Let me touch on the draft real quick. On on the more on the more realistic side of things, because obviously, yeah, Luka Doncic would be awesome, and if you win the lottery, like that, that's amazing. It changes the the course for this franchise drastically. Uh, it's not likely to happen, right? So, no. A guy that I think a lot of people would be very interested in, but that the Nuggets are likely going to have to move up to try and get, would be Michael Bridges out of Villanova. Yeah, is it is it possible? I mean, I like because I feel like you're you're moving to try to move up to the seventh seed. Like you're basically trying to get that Kings pick, right? Um, I don't. Can the Nuggets you would have put to, together a package to get? You would have to. Sure, it, but it's going to cost you like. One of the things that you're going to want to do, and you can't really do it because he hates the Kings. So I know they're not going to do it, but you would trade Trey Wiles. Yeah. Why um, does he hate the Kings? Uh, because uh, – didn't you hear his podcast? He hates he hates Sacramento. He thinks it's a terrible yeah. town. But he could, he, but he could um, show Willie Cauley-Stein. I mean they're like – they're former teammates. Right. No, but Wiles, Wiles man, you can't trade him to Utah because he hates yeah, Utah. Yeah, that, you can't trade him to Sacramento. Um, but, uh, but really the problem is, is the Nuggets back themselves into a corner and, and Wiles is going to need to get paid after next year. As is so right. that money coming from in your budget, like where are you making that happen? Right. You know, um, you, you drafted Wyden at the same position and you have, uh, Wancho at the same position. Right. P.S. They're all backing up Millsap who's at the same position. <laughs> like. <laughs> There's you still have Farid at the same position and Darrell Arthur at the same position. So at some point, you you literally can't tie up a ton more money. And Wiles, you're not going to extend him, right. I assume, unless he agrees to some really low extension, which he's not going to do. Or he proves to be like, hey, this guy can fill in, for, can play Paul Millsap's minutes now, and we can give up right. thirty million. Yeah, but he'd he'd have to be a he'd have to be a thirty five minute starter, well, exactly. you know. And I just I I'm not sure that's going to happen. So I, I like Wiles. He's a good right. player, but I think in order to move up in the draft, you'll have to move someone like Wiles uh, along with the pick and potentially a future first to move up far enough. And you don't want to do that for a guy that you don't – that isn't like a star. And the question is what Michael Bray is going to be. Is he the right role player for us? Sure, like OGN and OB was last year. Um, but if you 
how much are you willing to pay for that player? Right. Um, last year, um, their answer was not enough. Right. They they didn't think that that kind of a role player was worth the 13th pick in the draft. Otherwise, they'd have just taken him and not messed around. Right. Um, and so now you're faced with the same decision in this draft, except you have to move up for the same kind of player. Um, the three and D, like, you know, low key, not necessarily your team leader, but definitely a fourth option who's a player and is a good two way player, which you definitely need on this team. Right. Which you, that's, that's like that missing piece uh, in your starting lineup right now. Yeah. And, and Michael Bridges really f- fills it. Um, it feels it probably, I mean, as good as anybody would in that realistic range. But I like, I, I'm with you. I mean, Trey Lyles, you're gonna have to find somebody who's really interested in in, in Trey Lyles and what he brings. Um, I don't know. You're gonna, I mean, you're gonna. I wonder if you don't have to offer them, like, give them two of it. So you might give them, give them your pick, Trey Lyles, and like either Malik Beasley um, or Wancho. You know, another. A uh, young guy, first round pick on a rookie contract, maybe just needs uh, right. an opportunity with playing time. Obviously, Wancho and, and Lyles are a bit redundant, so maybe I wonder if that's not it. If it's not a Trey Lyles and Malik Beasley uh, package, plus plus, and, the and first I can pick. see that, but you're gonna have to find somebody who yeah, wants exactly. all who's your really your players and believes and in doesn't them. want them and yeah. wants them more than Michael Bridges. You know, like that's that's the other correct, part. like or or any of the other because they're not gonna right be there. under team control, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're they're giving up four years of team control for two or one in those cases. Right. Like they'd better really believe in the players that you're trying to pass off to them for this player that you really want, and and they're assuming that they don't want. Who's got to really stock their cover? Like Atlanta's got to be the team, right? But Atlanta's going to have a really high pick, though. That's the thing. Well, it, yeah, but Atlanta has like three picks in this draft in the first round, right? Nice. It's like four, nineteen, and thirty or something. Like they have a. Right, I'm sure. they they've got a bunch, and they probably don't want that many guys. Or Memphis. The problem is you can't move up to four. Yeah, and, and see that's the thing. I'm looking at like I'm trying to think of the, who are the teams who really need to stock their cupboard because that's the team you need to look for is a team who's going to want to trade back. Uh, who's like, hey, look, we can trade back seven spots plus maybe pick up two other young guys. Um, right. You know, you th- the, that's the problem with a team like the Kings is the Kings don't need to do that. They had three first round draft picks. No. Uh, last year they've been right. drafted in the lottery for eternity it seems like like they they've got plenty of young prospects the kings would be a team that they, they're going to trade back uh for a, a star type player you know they're going to like similar to what the bulls when the bulls traded uh to minnesota right when minnesota minnesota had stocked their cover exactly. full of young picks didn't need that anymore they traded it for jimmy butler that's that's the kind of team or the kind of deal that the kings are looking to make so you're trying to find someone who's who's trying to stock that cover and like we said teams like the hawks or the grizzlies who do who are in that position and need lots of players uh they're also really going to be end up really high on the board <laughs> the pistons man right. it, but the pistons aren't low enough that's the problem like that's another team who obviously <laughs> right. needs, pistons need a lot of young cheap players but they're going to end up like with what like the 12th pick or something like that so it's uh, it's 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 tough. I like it's a conundrum, man. Like they they need to move up, but it's hard to move up. They need certain kinds of players. Those players are hard to find on the market. Like they only have so much money to work with. It's gonna be it's an interesting off season for the for the Nuggets. It really really is. There's a lot. There are a lot of decisions for Conway to make, and because he passed on making those decisions last year, that makes this year twice as hard. Right, you're right. It does. What do you think is the? Let me ask. I mean, what is the most probable thing? Do you think that happens? Is it, are they just pretty much going to come back in with the exact same roster as they had last year or this this past season? Probably close. 
It's right because it's the only place. Like no offense, man, but yeah, probably close. Like those are that's what they've got. They don't they don't have enough. They don't have enough ammo to move these guys. Too many of the guys are duplicates. They didn't get playing time. You can't show them off. You can't dump them. Guys aren't aren't trying to take salary on or or do massive salary switches anymore. Um, so expirings aren't worth as much. Um, it's 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 rougher, man. Like there's there's some serious roster clutter, and it's going to be hard to move a lot of it. So I expect most of these players to return. Would you almost think, man? Or would you almost do like moves like that? I almost wonder, like. Do you try hard to move? Look, who are guys that are assets that the teams actually want on your team that you're actually willing to give up? So you're not going to give up Jokic or Murray or Harris. Uh, you're not likely to give up Millsop. No, nobody wants to really trade for Kenneth Fareed or Darrell Arthur if he opts in or Wilson Chandler if he opts in. Uh, it leaves you with uh, that leaves you with the middle ground, man. Right. That's the Beasley, Wancho, Niles. Right? So let me ask you this. You know, and so basically of those guys, it has to be Lyles because the other guys didn't play as much what, this year. What about this? What if you what if you try and move Wancho and Lyles to try to do something maybe in the draft to move up, whatever, and then you just you're content with Kenneth Freed being your backup power forward? Well, if they were content with that, then Kenneth Freed would have played <laughs> well, this year. Well, but you had Lyles who was just playing. I mean, Lyles played great. So you, you kind of had to give him minutes. Um Wancho might be a better option for you, so you kind of had to give him minutes. But I'm just saying, Kenneth Freed can still play. I mean, Kenneth Freed's all right. Yes. Um, it, we've seen Kenneth Freed be just fine in this Denver Nuggets offense. Uh, he can't defend worth a lick, but like we said, nobody else can. So it's nobody else can either. So right. like, so like, why not? Why not try and use Wancho and Lyles to move up in the draft, um, and then just roll with? I mean, Freed's expiring, so it's only this one season. You know, and, and 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 just go for it, and like and and, and try and get that final piece uh, in the uh, in your starting lineup, and, and worry about your backups later. I guess it's possible. I still I still think if they're going to move somebody, that they the guy that they would keep out of all of the young guys who didn't play much this year would still be Wancho. Yeah, he seems to show the because most promise, right? he is his value is low. That the rule in trading people is don't trade them at their lowest if you don't have to, and they don't have to. Right. Um, you know, you let him re-earn, get get some playing time next year, re-up his value either to you or to another team, and then figure it out. Yeah, I don't. No, I don't disagree. I think I mean it's it's a, uh, I don't know. It's an interesting topic. I think uh, entirely. Well, I tell you what, man. We uh, <laughs> we're not even going to get to Nikola Jokic. We we spent a good almost entire second <laughs> half of the show just talking about the offseason, which is fine. You know, what? we could we could just start next week. We'll just do lots of player evaluations. We'll just roll right into that theme and I'll have somebody other than Gordon on um, maybe that, was, that way you don't lose all your time you can you can make your time I see how that's this is exactly, uh, maybe I'll have someone new on next week spoiler alert uh, nice uh, look look here who's that's gonna go man with the uh, the short thing on Jokic how is he he's great what does he need to work on um, fix the body play uh, work on some agility drills and uh, maybe learn how to go left Otherwise, you're a Hall of Famer. Do what you do. That's it. We're it done. Is. That's done. Uh, the Gordon, the Gordon five minute recap uh, of Nikola Jokic's <laughs> entire season. Not even five minute, fifty second uh, recap. All right. Well, that's, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up. So uh, Gordon is at G Money Nugs. I am at Zach Mikosh, um on Twitter, of course. Uh, at Denver Stiffs at MBN Dash Radio. Uh, make sure you follow on all those accounts. Always fun. You can follow us at Pickaxe Pundits. 
uh, you'll likely be disappointed with that account, though, full disclosure. So, um, if you're feeling <laughs> generous, give it a follow. Give it a follow. Uh, we're on Instagram at the Denver Stiffs. Also on Facebook, make sure to give us a follow over there and a like. We'll have to figure out some Facebook Live content to do um, over the off season. Maybe I'll maybe I'll get a green screen in the basement or something for you guys. Uh, and then uh, obviously, also if you are listening to the podcast version of this, um, if you could give us a subscribe and a rating, we would greatly appreciate it. All right, Mister Gross, appreciate you being on. Good talk to you, man. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day, and uh, we'll do it again at some other point. We need to waste a lot of time. That's right. Well, we we only want to get through two topics in the entire podcast. Um, yeah, we so. only want to do two topics in an hour. And I'm your <laughs> yeah, guy. Yeah. All right, everybody. We will talk to you next week. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs.